The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks, your climate focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, and this week, week of recording, my baby turns 22 years old. I cannot believe that he is a full-fledged adult who has embraced teaching himself to cook his favorite dishes. This semester alone, which has really only been in session a couple weeks, he's made chilirianos, beef bourguignon, and he bakes bread. He's also passionate listeners about solving climate change, so let's not let him down, please. Today's guest is way overdue for an appearance on the show. Heather Reams is the president of Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions, a right-of-center nonprofit organization based here in Washington, D.C., that engages policymakers and the public about responsible, conservative solutions to address our nation's energy, economic, and environmental security while also increasing America's competitive edge. Heather is at the heart of clean energy advocacy on Capitol Hill, and she's about to host the annual forum National Clean Energy Week, which this year runs September 25th to 29th. A who's who of the energy world, National Clean Energy Week has started to raise awareness of and demonstrate the potential and value of clean energy policies that create jobs, spark economic growth, lower energy prices, and lead to a cleaner environment. On the show, Heather previews what to expect at this year's forum and to give us a legislative update. So my conversation with Heather Reams listeners is coming up next. Hi, I'm Chelsea Henderson, host of the Eco Right Speaks podcast. In a world where conservative voices rarely meet environmental discussions, Green Tea Party Radio is a breath of fresh air. With your hosts, Hannah, Zach, and Katie, get ready for insightful dialogues that break the mold. As conservatives, we're passionate about the environment, the free market, and our faith. But finding our place in this conversation isn't always easy, and that's why we're here. Join us every week as we explore how conservative values intersect with tackling climate change, promoting energy independence, and creating new clean energy sector jobs. Green Tea Party Radio is more than a show. It's a movement that connects young American conservatives aged 16 to 25. We're not just discussing problems, we're providing solutions. So if you're tired of the same old narratives, it's time to embrace something different. Pour the tea, ignite the conversation, and join us on a journey of discovery and action. Don't miss Green Tea Party Radio, coming soon to a college radio station near you. Or subscribe to the Green Tea Party Radio podcast. Check out the Green Tea Party Radio Patreon group for early access, special content, merch, and more. Visit greenteapartyradio.com. Together, let's reshape the future. Woohoo! Welcome back, listeners. A way, way overdue welcome to today's guest, Heather Reams. Heather, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be with you. My The team at RepublicEN.org ha, was talking on a call this morning, and we were just saying, we can't believe you haven't been on the show yet. And in fact, Bob thought you had been and asked, what season was Heather on before? And I said, no, this is the first time. So we're very, very glad to have you. Hey, better late than never, right? <laughs> That's right. And the other thing I was saying to my team is that 
September rings a couple of bells. You know, there are a few things that I think of about September. I'm not really a pumpkin spice latte person, but I do love fall. And I love that first night of wearing the sweater. It's also my son's birthday this month. And I also always think it's National Clean Energy Week. And I know that's so dorky, but I get so excited for this event that um, Crest Forum holds every year, seven years in a row now. That's right. Uh, Well, I'm the same way. Um, Thinking about the fall means the kickoff of thinking about National Clean Energy Week and all things that have to do with Clean Energy Week. And there's a lot that's going on. So I'm excited to tell you more about what's up. Yeah. So give us a little preview on what to expect this year. Well, you know, we're coming out of COVID, right? So in years, the most recent years, we've been mostly online. We did have a a, a dinner in person last year, but we had to move online for a couple of years, of course, to continue the dialogue about common sense policy to reduce emissions and how clean energy um, is a critical part of reducing emissions. So we're glad to be back um, doing it hybrid now. I think everyone kind of wants the hybrid model. They want access to watch what's going on or the recording, but they also want something in person. So National Clean Energy Week is September 25th. Uh, to the 29th. And um, on that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of that week, we'll have programming. Um, On Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be online programming. And then on Thursday, there'll be in-person programming in Washington, D.C. This is all free for anybody who wants to join, um, whether that's in person or, of course, online. So we've got um, a lot of programming going on for, of course, for three days. It'll be half-day sessions, so you can also get your other work done <laughs> by yeah. doing it. But we have a number of, uh, of lawmakers um, who are speaking, 12 House and Senate members um, from both sides of the aisle, Um, We have um, a lot of administration officials, business leaders, advocates, um, you know, investors, trade associations, anyone who cares about reducing emissions and wants to see clean energy being part of the solution um, are are bound to be taking part some way or another um, in National Clean Energy Week. Are there any particular keynote speakers that you're excited to hear yeah, I mean, we have um, a number of our speakers. You know, the technology pieces always get us excited. So um, having someone like um, Director Jigger Shaw from the Loan Programs Office that's gotten an outsized role in investments, so talking about what they're doing and how they're also shepherding responsible, responsible taxpayer dollars. Um, we also have a, a, a fireside chat with um, the Deputy Secretary of Energy, David Turk, with the former Deputy Secretary of Energy, Mark Menzies. Um, We're excited by that conversation of a current um, Deputy Secretary with a former one, of course, from two different administrations, from two different parties and the commonality. You know there's going to be a lot there. So we're we're really looking forward to that. But also like um, Senator Ron Wyden speaking, and we've got Congressman Bruce Westerman speaking, um, con- uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito, um, Senator Joe Manchin. So we've, we've, we're spanning the sector, uh, the spectrum of the who's who in Washington and affecting uh, energy and climate policy. I really love what you just said about having bringing together these two um, different people who have held the same position for different parties and different administrations. And I think that that just underscores that clean energy is the common denominator when it comes to reducing um, greenhouse gas emissions. 
And they're both, it was great. You know, sometimes you wonder if this is going to go over well with a, you know, particularly someone who's in a current administration and um, deputy secretary Turk was like, yeah, no problem. I mean, so I just, I just goes to talk about show that there is a, a commonality. And I think one of the great things about national clean energy week is that it is a bipartisan week here at Crest Forum. We typically write work on the right of center um, advocacy in Washington, but this is where we put our bipartisan hats on and we show the progress where, you know, Republicans and Democrats working together or talking and sometimes on stage, Chelsea, you can't tell the difference between who's a Republican and who's a Democrat because there's such common sense policy that we're talking about that really moves our country forward and benefits the globe in terms of reducing emissions. I mean, I think that that you're you're so right in what you're saying, and um, and it's a feel good opportunity too because there really aren't many issues where we have that sort of spirit. The and and it doesn't mean that that both sides agree 100 percent of the time, right? But they agree on the goal, and we can have different approaches on how to get to the goal. And as long as folks are willing to come to the table and roll their sleeves up and and negotiate those differences out, then that's what matters, right? That's how we make policy. One hundred percent agree. And uh, I've in years past, this will be the seventh annual National Clean Energy Week. And I'm recalling one where we were able to have really robust dialogue between Republicans and Democrats, different speaking at different times, but juxtaposing that, you know, you have someone who's Republican talking about, you know, yes, I believe that the ice caps are melting and we have to do something about it. And then, a, you know, a Democrat gets up and says the same thing. And there was like these gasps you can hear, like, really, Republicans think this? Um, I, I think where, though, it's how we solve the problem. And that's where Republicans and Democrats can can differ. But that competition of ideas is what's going to be helpful in solving the problem, like any big complex issue. So this week doesn't, you know, National Clean Energy Week doesn't promise to solve the problems, but it <laughs> certainly is part of the dialogue to get us there. And we're very proud of that. I mean, it is an important part of the dialogue. And I was just thinking the last time I went to one of your in-person sessions was probably the, whatever the last year was before the pandemic would have been 2019. So probably, yeah, like the third or the fourth, how would you say, and it just seems to me every year when I see your roster, your, uh, the lineup of speakers, how many different panelists, how much this form has grown over just a really short period of time, seven years in Washington, not really that long, right? It's a blink of an eye. And yet I think that this event has just grown ginormously from that very first one that you initially held. For sure. Um, you know, it was, is there a need for this? That was one of the questions when we first sought out. And I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but when I first started at Crest, which it's around the same time as the founding of National Clean Energy Week, like what's the day or week or month where we celebrate clean energy? And there was no month or week or they say, well, it's Earth Day. Like, yeah, but that's like more environmental. What about clean energy? Um, and nope, like, well, maybe we should create one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and make it bipartisan. So, and then it was kind of a, you know, kind of a guess. Will this, is there a need to continue to do this? And wow, resoundingly, yes. Wow, was there a lot of, ability, of things to come together from both sides of the aisle, certainly from industry wanting that bipartisanship, wanting policymakers to work together to create certainty by legislation. So uh, it, it, it has kind of taken on life of its own, um, but really where 
the heart and soul, I think, of National Clean Energy Week is in its bipartisanship and positive dialogue about the benefits that clean energy brings to what we're trying to do in terms of our, our, our national goals and our international goals. Heather, I'm shifting a little bit. You are somebody that I just think of being, your name is synonymous to me with being up on the Hill and talking to um, critical lawmakers about clean energy. And, you know, I read all your your op-eds. I see most of your quotes, not that I'm a stalker or anything, but, you know, I'm always trying to keep my (laughs) finger on the pulse of people, especially people who are working on the center, right? to elevate some of these voices and and what's happening because I want to um, dispel the myth, right? That conservatives and Republicans don't care about these issues. And you are, you give me so much great fodder to prove that. So I'm just wondering, you know, here we are, it's 2023. What do you say in those instances when you encounter somebody who just doesn't get why clean energy is not only an important part of our future, but an important part of our present, honestly. For sure. You know, it, it's evolved over time. I think going back several years, you wonder, you know, Republicans were having a hard time articulating what they were for. Um, and if you talk to a Republican individually, um, which I know you have plenty of times, that they're, no one's against solar or wind or, you know, it's against clean energy. Um, and you know, clean energy sometimes getting in the eye of the beholder. Some people don't think that your natural gas is part of a clean energy future. We happen to think that it is part of it, at least for a period of time. Right. And so it's kind of like where where are people really? And when it comes down to it, you know, the, the parties have their talking points, um, you know, at the national level particularly, but you get to individual members and they're so pragmatic, most of them, so common sense about their engagement. And, you know, each year I was just going to flag for you that I think, you know, we do a clean energy champion awards during national clean energy week for Crest. So on our, our political side, and we recognize two house members and two Senate members, and we don't have a problem identifying <laughs> members who have done great work yeah. uh, throughout the year. And it went, come, and it, it doesn't have to be senior or new members. So I'm thinking about a Congresswoman, Jen Kiggins from uh, the Virginia beach, Virginia area, who's been a, a strong proponent for wind energy and offshore wind that's occurring off the shores of Virginia and North Carolina. It's a huge boon to the area and the Hampton Roads area um, for economic growth. And there's a lot of technological savvy in the area of offshore wind because there's a shipbuilding town as well. So they have a lot of the technical abilities that translate into from one job to another. And she's taken to the floor talking about the benefits of wind energy, even when, you know, in the eyes where people were talking about repealing some of the IRA provisions um, in some of the legislation this year. So and you know, so she was out there talking about it. And I think the other piece about the IRA, often folks talk about the Inflation Reduction Act and the tax benefits that go towards clean energy. There's a lot of Republicans who want to see that law stay the law of the land because of many of the provisions were sponsored by Republicans to begin with. Yeah. It was the process that was political, right. not necessarily the policies in the legislation. So, you know, it's nuanced, it's tougher, it takes longer to explain. Uh, and it's, it's not a neat talking point. We're energy optimists and climate realists. Stand with us at republicen.org. Now back to this week's episode. 
to your point, you know, we noticed that um, Bob Inglis noticed that right after Ira passed, right, that so many of the policies that Republicans for years have been looking to be enacted were finally enacted. It was just the process itself that was um, that was partisan. And so it's hard to explain that nuance to somebody that doesn't follow these issues day to day like we do. And I was just in Maine where I'm from um, visiting my sister who lives is lucky enough to live in Kennebunk. So she's on the coast. And I kept seeing these little lawn signs, right, that were against um, offshore wind development. And then same, I before this trip, I had been visiting my friend on the Jersey Shore who has a beach house there. And same. And I was like, what is up with these signs? And even my my friend and my sister who know what I do for a living were like, well, it's going to obstruct our view. And I was like, you know, there has to be a happy compromise. They're going to be so far back. You aren't going to be able to see them. It's not like they're going to be located, you know, 20 feet from where you have your umbrella and your beach blanket. Like, and also what's the alternative? The alternative is that, you know, we, we aren't doing things to lower our emissions and, you know, the environment turns out to be in worse shape. So, you know, kind of pick your battle, I guess, but it was interesting. And then just having the conversation, both of them who kind of had the knee jerk reaction. No, I don't want that in you. Know, not in my backyard. Right. NIMBY's mm-hmm. very, very, you know, applies across all technologies. People don't want the oil rigs. They don't want the wind turbines. Like nobody wants anything. Um, but just having the conversation, they both kind of came around to see um, what the the value of offshore wind, how much power could be generated. And I feel like sometimes you do have to get beyond the talking point, right? You have to get beyond the quick the quippy yard sign or whatever, and actually engage in thoughtful discussion. Oh boy, do I agree with you on this one. It is, um, these are, you know, tougher, tougher topics to talk about. And, you know, if you think about, if you've been to the California coast, you do see the oil rigs really close. So you're wondering, is that what the wind looks like? And if you've been up to the Block Island uh, wind turbines off of the coast of uh, Rhode Island, you can see them. I mean, they're, they're very close. Um, it's so, so the residents there do, do see them, but the, the, the wind turbines that we're talking about offshore that I'm aware of, even Long Island, New Jersey, uh, North Carolina and Virginia, these are, you know, it takes a, it takes an hour by boat to get to this, these wind turbines. So they are so far off on the horizon. You really aren't going to see them unless you have binoculars. Right. Um, so I think that basic problem needs to be resolved. And there are other challenges like looking at the whales and what's happening there. We want to be good stewards of the environment for sure. So something's happening. We need to take a look at it. But around the world, there are wind turbines, particularly in Denmark and, and you know developed nations that are responsibly producing wind offshore, abundant wind where the wind blows, they're grabbing it. And it's done well. So we have to remember this is done in other parts of the world that also have sensitivities to the environment. For sure. For sure. Um, Heather, for kind of shifting back to National Clean Energy Week, for our listeners who might want to uh, register for one or more of your events, where should I send them? Oh, well, I'm happy to share that. Um, Please go to nationalcleanenergyweek.org nationalcleanenergyweek.org. That's a one-stop shop for everything that's going on. Um, you'll also, we'll be releasing the full, you know, everyone speaking and the panels 
it's not already there, it's going to be there within a couple of days. Um, and we're constantly adding new speakers, particularly with members of Congress who are just getting back oh, to their right. desks <laughs> and figuring out if they can make the time yeah. uh, to participate. So we are continuing to add on speakers um, but we'd love to have your listeners participate in some or all of it. Again, it's at no cost. Um, we just really want robust dialogue and a lot of education out there. It's really a, a huge part of National Clean Energy Week. Have you announced who your champion award winners are this year yet, or is that uh, under wraps? No, uh, we <laughs> have announced it. I'm very proud to announce. So on the, I mentioned Congresswoman um, Jen Kiggins from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And then we have Congressman Bruce Westerman, who is chairman of the House Natural Resources Committee. Um, and then on the, on the Senate side, we have Senator Bill Cassidy from Louisiana and Senator Shelley Moore Capito from West Virginia, who is the ranking member on the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. There are a number of reasons why these members are selected, and I mentioned why Representative Jen Higgins is, but the, the leadership it takes to really advance common sense policies, whether you're in the majority or the minority, and working across the aisle is really impressive, and we wanted to recognize these members for really stepping out and talking about the benefits of lowering emissions. Well, I am so excited to continue to monitor the different panels and pick which things I'm going to attend. I'm going to have to do everything online because I will be out of town that week. I did not plan smartly, <laughs> but <laughs> I am, I'm grateful though to have the, I mean, that, that was, you know, if you had to take out one good thing from the pandemic and, you know, the very terrible, obviously a couple of years, but just the ability to shift and, and do things like this is so important. It's such an important conversation and you open it up to so many more people when there is that online capability. So I'm very grateful oh, to you're, you for that. You're so right. And your listeners and others all, all around the world can really participate. And it really brings you know, a national perspective to National Clean Energy Week. Um, we have governors involved in proclamations and other pieces and there are events going around, on around the country. But having really a centralized place where everyone can listen and learn and participate is really important. So you can count on the online part of it, always being part of National Clean Energy Week moving forward. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do and for sharing, um, giving us a little sneak uh, peek as to what we can expect this year and good luck. I hope it's a wonderful success and you just continue to build on the great work that you have been doing these many years. Well, we, we really appreciate your support and, um, you know, look forward to, to seeing you next time. This is Chelsea Henderson, host of the Eco Right Speaks, here with some exciting news. Registration for the seventh annual National Clean Energy Week is officially open. Tune in September 26th through the 28th for the Policymakers Symposium to hear from policy experts, industry leaders, and lawmakers on how we can work together to chart a clean energy future. Don't miss your chance to be part of the national conversation. Register for the Policymaker Symposium for free at www.ncew2023.org. That's www.nationalcleanenergyweeknce.w2023.org. Hope to see you there. Bryce, I am a little stunned that here we are. It's mid-September, and there are two things that I associate with September. One of them is my son's birthday. Happy birthday, Jack, our intern for the summer, about to turn 22. Happy birthday, Jack. 
Uh, I will always forever know how old he is because he was born four days after 9-11. And so whatever the anniversary of 9-11 is, is how old Jack will be four days later. <laughs> wow, that's quite the the way yeah. to... Uh... <laughs> I know. I, it's a little dark. Didn't mean to go dark. Um, the second thing that I always think of with September is National Clean Energy Week, which is... It was so great to hear Heather talk about Crest Forum's um, seventh annual Clean Ener- National Clean Energy Week, just a time to highlight the importance of clean energy. And, you know, they have such great connections with um, GOP lawmakers who support clean energy. And so just really great to get that little preview about what to expect. And just a reminder to listeners that it's not too late to register. So. You can totally register for the the um, policymaker symposium, and I believe, you know, I've done it every year. This will be my seventh year of, of participating, or at least mm. catching some of that policymaker symposium. I've done it in person. I've done it online. So just super high value stuff that they uh, a week of events that they host. Yeah, symposium, happy hours, um, what receptions, dinners. You know, they 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 run the gamut, man. They've got a full week. Uh, of activities the uh what is it the 25th through the 29th of september so they a lot uh a lot happening that heather and her team spearhead and it's been a while since we've had her on so it was great to to have her back and no we've never had her on price we haven't i thought we had her on like season one or season two no we had charles hernick who's no longer with cress on um i think season three okay we've never had heather this was our first i know but it seems like she should have been a guest in many past seasons and um so anyway it I hope we can make this a regular thing because she is um, she's top notch. And for those listeners that do want to sign up, you just need to go to um, NCEW2023. So that's NCEW as in National Clean Energy Week 2023 for the year Mm -hmm. we're in dot org. And you can register there. Well, I would say break a leg. (laughs) Uh, on the panel, but I don't want to say that because I don't want to be without a podcast leader here. (laughs) And uh, speaking of podcasts, let me just give a shout out to the Green Tea Party Radio, speaking of podcasts, because this is a brand new podcast on the eco-right that uh, is just launching this week. And I believe you're going to be an upcoming guest, but, uh, you know, big shout out to uh, the crew that I believe you've you've connected with uh, and talked some with, but Hannah, uh, Rogers, Zach, Katie, the entire crew there uh, that's part of that Green Tea Party Radio podcast that you can check out online, greenteapartyradio.com. So um, two episodes are out. Um, their first episode, their inaugural episode on nuclear energy, and then they have a second episode that um, they've also dropped. So they dropped two episodes on their <clears throat> premiere day. And that mm-hmm. is, um, I love the title of this petroleum and pumpkin spice, <laughs> how our reliance on foreign oil compromises America's future. But guess who their third episode guest is? Who would that be? Uh, moi. <laughs> Ooh, how about so, that? Yeah. And you know what? We're totally having them on the show because they're super fun and high energy. And I'm looking forward to passing the baton over to the younger generation. So mm-hmm. this is all part of my plot toward uh, my own eventual retirement. <laughs> so 
Yeah, no, it, uh, listeners, check it out. Green Tea Party Radio. Um, this was is the brainchild of three young conservatives who have come together to um, talk about these issues. And they're really putting a focus on advertising to college campuses and, um, you know, kind of finding those younger voices that want to engage on the issue. So we wish them the best of luck, especially my biggest fan ever, Katie. If you are listening, Katie, <laughs> I adore you as much as you adore me. So. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, congratulations to the entire crew, Katie, Zach, and Hannah. You know, you have liftoff. You're now part of the uh, the EcoRight podcast family, so to speak. So welcome aboard. Yeah, and like you said, we will certainly uh, be promoting them and, and I think vice versa uh, doing the same. Uh, again, check them out online, greenteapartyradio.com. All right, shout out to some new members this week, Chelsea Daniel V in Hawaii, Jamie M in Florida, Kyle M in Alabama, Nancy L in Nevada, and then Hannah V in Maryland, right there where you reside. So appreciate them for signing up, standing with us, which you can do, republican.org forward slash join, takes a matter of seconds. And we need you to stand with us, especially if you're a conservative. There is a power in numbers. So we are looking and calling out for you to stand with us. Chels, what do we have coming up ahead next week? Next week, we have John Marshall, who's with the Potential Energy Coalition. Um, we are talking about how to message climate change to conservatives. So for all of you listeners out there, you know, we don't always talk specifically about this and what kind of language to use. So um, this is a um, a guest that came to me through our friend and past guest two times, Ed Maybach from the George Mason University's um, Center on Climate Change Communication. So super excited to share that with our listeners. Always excited and appreciate Edward for listening, supporting, and suggesting guest here for us on the Eco Right Speaks podcast, led, led by yours truly, Chelsea Henderson, the award-winning star podcast host here on the Eco Right Speaks that you can listen to. Obviously, Apple Podcast, um, Spreaker, uh, Spotify. Actually, excuse me, not Spreaker, Spotify. Uh, you I was like, what our, is Spreaker? Did you just make that up, or is no, that no? Spreaker oh. is a podcast platform. But it Sp is, but oh. Spreaker is going out of business. So, if you are an Android user, Spotify would be a great uh, would be a great place to listen to us, where you can go to our website, Republican.org forward slash podcast. So. A myriad of ways, but wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcast every single week, we hope you will make the Go Right Speaks part of that favorite uh, list and listening. That just search in the search engine Eco Right Speaks, and you can find us there. So, Chelsea, guess it's uh, bid you adieu for this week as we yes. were just day late um, <laughs> due to our recording schedule, but that's okay because better late than never. And we're we the will, boss, so we get to decide what we want to do. That's exactly right. As we barrel ahead here on <laughs> Season 7, you want to catch up on past episodes. We've got tons of interviews, guests from the first six seasons, and we will do – won't get ahead of ourselves too far, but we will have another season coming in early 2024. But, Chelsea, until then, have a great week. Talk <laughs> soon, friend. Bye, Price. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. 
Make sure to visit republicen.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.